and welcome to the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you've joined us now. Here's Senior Pastor Dr. Carol Marr with this week's sermon. Well, as I mentioned, every now and then we take a, a day and uh, we kind of set that day aside as a day of baptism. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and do this because some of you have seen the shirts that we're wearing. This is what we give folks that a shirt who are baptized. Uh, but people that join us online are probably going to say, the pastor, what does that say? So I'll just take that off so that we don't have any confusion there. Uh, I'm reminded of an old seminary professor who once said, as he took his jacket off, he apologized to the ladies in the room. He said, it's getting rather warm in here, and I apologize to the ladies but I might have to remove my jacket. And so uh, I'm just going to take that off so there's no confusion um, with folks that are out there. But today is Baptism Day, and we're excited about that. Now, for the last few months, we have been looking together at the book of Romans. And in the first few chapters of Romans, Paul has been giving us bad news I mean, he begins the book by talking about the bad news. And the bad news that Paul gives us in the first part of the book of Romans is this. All of us are sinners separated from God. All have sinned. All of us have, have, have chosen a path against the, 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 the path of God. And as a result of that, we are doomed to be separated from God for all eternity. And he says, I'm not just talking about the people out there that don't know God and don't come to church and don't care. It's true of them, but it's also true of you. Even within the church, the bad news is all of us have sinned, and then he really drills down to get to the devastating part of the bad news when he says this, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't fix the problem. You are a sinner separated from God, destined to spend eternity apart from him in hell. And there's not anything you can do about it. Now, once he's established that bad news, he says, okay, now that you let that sink in, I'm going to begin to open the door a little bit and let you see the good news. And in chapter 4, he begins to open the door a little bit to let us see the good news. And the good news is, Paul says, what you are unable to do for yourself. You're, you're separated from God. There's nothing you can do to fix it. But what you are unable to do for yourself, God did for you in Jesus and through faith in Jesus Christ, you and I can be forgiven and we can be restored in right fellowship with God. And then Paul begins to say, hey, and, and to help you understand, it's because of what he did, not because of what you do. He's going to drill down even further in chapter 4 because he knows as he says, we are saved by faith, not by works. You don't earn it. It's not something you do. He knows we're going to struggle with that. Because there is something in us that says, I need to do something. That if I live good enough, maybe if there's some scales. If I do enough good in life, God will judge the good against the bad. And if there's enough good, I'll go to heaven. Or sometimes we say, I think I'm going to heaven because I've been baptized. I was baptized as a baby, as a child. Uh, and as a result of that, I'm going to heaven. Or because I live a good life or because I go to church. All these different things. And Paul says, no, none of that. In fact, I kind of really 
drove that point home over the last few weeks to say to you, you're not going to heaven because you've been baptized. You're not going to heaven because if you think you're going to heaven because you were baptized as a child, listen, that, you're not going. If you think you're going to heaven because you've been baptized as an adult, not going. If you think you're going to heaven because of what you've done, it's only as a result of what he did. Now, in the book of Romans, Paul does this. As he writes, he kind of anticipates the questions that people might ask. And I want to do the same thing today. So I've said to you over and over again, you're not going to heaven because you've been baptized. If you were baptized as a child, that's not enough. You're not going to heaven as a result of that. So some of you might be asking this question, then, then why be baptized? If I can be saved, know that I'm going to heaven and I hadn't been baptized, then why should I even be baptized? That's the question that comes to mind. Well, I want to answer that question very briefly in our time together today. Now, there are a lot of reasons I could give you an answer to that question, but I'm just going to give you three, all right? Here the first re- is the first reason that I want to offer, and it comes to us from the words of Jesus. Jesus has been teaching his disciples. We're going through the book of Luke on Wednesday night. And the closer Jesus gets to the cross, the more intense his lessons are with his followers. He knows that I got to really pour into my followers and tell them and teach them and prepare them for what is about to come. Well, after Jesus dies on the cross and he is raised from the dead, he spends 40 days on earth teaching his disciples. But on the mount before he is taken to heaven, he has a final moment with them and he offers what we often refer to as the marching orders of the church. He gives to us what we call the great commission he gives us these final words and in those final words is Jesus saying okay let me just kind of sum it up and tell you what I want you to do and make it clear for you as you move forward and Matthew records that for us in chapter 28 verse 18 Jesus came up and he spoke to him and said all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth go therefore Therefore, always connects us to what he just got through saying. What does he say? I have all authority on heaven and earth. And because I've been given authority on heaven and earth, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, in that final word that Jesus offers there to his disciples, he says, you are to go. Now, the word go can be translated this way. As you are going, as you go about your normal activity, make disciples, tell other people what God has done for you, and baptize them. There's a command that he offers. Now, I want to tell you that in that command, we find the first reason for baptism. Why should I be baptized? Well, number one, because baptism is about obedience. That's what it is. You have been commanded by God to be baptized. Period. It's a command that God established. He said, do this. In fact... It was so important to him that you do that, that he did it as an example for us. Jesus didn't have to be baptized, but he was. And he tells us that we are to follow the example that he gave. All of God's commands in Bible, even the command to be baptized, every command 
when carried out, brings us closer to the likeness of Jesus. When we are doing what God tells us to do, we become more and more like Jesus. And so what does he say? When you accept me as Savior, when you are saved, when you become a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, you are to be baptized. And I want to tell you something. You don't need any other reason. I shouldn't even have to give you another reason. That's all the reason you need. Because I said so, right? That's really what happens because God said do it and I give my life and allegiance to him and I'm going to do what he asks of me. In fact, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior and you have not been baptized, I want to just be clear so that there's no misunderstanding. If you have accepted Jesus as your Savior and you have not followed that decision in baptism, you are living in willful disobedience to God. Period. Why? Because he said do it. And you've chosen not to. And, and, and you've got all kinds of reasons, but don't you understand that whatever reason you give for not being baptized is you saying, God, I don't think you're right. I think I'm right. I, I have a reason not to. I know what you say, but it doesn't matter what you say. Under the circumstances, I want to do what I want to do and not what you want to do. And some of you come up with all kinds of excuses and reasons as to why I'm not baptized. But I want to tell you something. You can't be a follower of Jesus and live that way. You just can't. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, You've got to walk in obedience. In fact, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I tell you to do? If I command you and you ignore my commands, how is it that you can refer to me as Lord? I'm not Lord, you're Lord of your life. You're on the throne. You're calling the shots. And so baptism is simply an issue of obedience. And, 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 and let me just get to the bare bones of it if you're not willing to do something as simple as being baptized then how can God count on you to be obedient in any other area of your life I mean what does it cost you to be baptized how hard is that how difficult is that? Is it that I'm afraid of what people might think? Really? That's, that's your reason to, to disobey or say, God, I've got a better idea? Maybe it's that you've come to the place where, 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 you know, when I accepted Jesus as a child and I wasn't baptized for whatever reason and maybe there were some things that happened in circumstances, mom and dad didn't want me to and I just never did that. And now I've been a part of this church for years and years and years and I'm older now and it's embarrassing now that I come forward and say that I've never taken care of this. And I want to say to you, listen, you could not be in a safer place than you are right now. Everybody in this room 
is excited if you make the decision to be baptized. Nobody's looking at you saying, I can't believe you waited till now. Everybody's looking at you saying, I was there, that was the greatest day of my life, and I am so pumped that you're making that decision too. Listen, there's no safer place to put the excuses behind and the reasons that you justify to simply honestly say, God, the bottom line is, you told me to do this. And until this point in my life, I have simply said no. And you know what I love? I think the reason that Jesus, one of the reasons he instituted baptism as a command is he is saying, I want to establish early in your Christian experience a pattern of obedience. That as a child, you can accept Jesus and the very first act that you can perform as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ is an act of obedience because God is calling us to a life of obedience. And he gives us the first easy step. And he says, this is what I want you to do first. I want you to be baptized. And I'm gonna be baptized to show you how it's done, show you why it's important. And you just, I want you to do what I do. I want to give you an opportunity to begin your entire Christian experience on the right foot of obedience. And I've discovered when we miss that, we, we stumble through the remainder of our life. If we make excuses here, you're going to begin to make excuses in other areas of your life. We can't be a follower of Christ by choosing to do our own thing. The first step of a believer puts us in a path of obedience. A baptism is about obedience. Secondly, that, and I shouldn't have to go to number two. If you have never been, if you have accepted Jesus as your savior and you have never followed it in baptism, you're in willful disobedience to God. And I would simply ask you the question, why? Why? Why would you say no to that? Secondly, if you have accepted Christ and never been baptized, listen, baptism is about publicly identifying with Jesus. That's what baptism's about. Baptists are known for having a baptistry in our church. We got this big old tank up there. People that are not Baptists, never seen anything like that. They walk into a church and, man, we got a tank up there with water in it. And people can be baptized right there. We don't have to go down to the river. We don't have to wait till the springtime and the, and the ice thaws. Um, we, we, we've got, man, we make it easy for you. We've got a heated pool, man, a jacuzzi that you can step into in order to be obedient to Christ. But why do we do that? Why is it front and center? Why is it always a part of our morning experience? It's because baptism is about publicly identifying with Christ. In the first century church, you know how you knew you were a Christ follower? Because you were baptized. Baptism is publicly identifying with Jesus, not walking an aisle, not living in certain ways. It's, it's baptism that separates us from everybody else. I, I have, in the, in the over 40, almost 45, 46 years that I've been a pastor, 
I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, I want to be baptized, but can we do it maybe during the week when, when nobody's around? Can, can we have maybe a private time? And, and you, know what I, you know what my answer is? You know I'm painfully direct. No. No. Baptism's public. It's not private. And if you're going to be a follower of Christ, listen to me. Be a follower of Christ. Man, step up. Grow a backbone. Be what God's called you to be. That's where the joy of walking with Christ is experienced. And so publicly, we identify with him. At, at Pentecost, after Jesus had been resurrected and the Holy Spirit comes, Peter preaches and says kind of the same thing that Paul does in the book of Romans. He says, bad news, guys. You are separated from God. You are a sinner being a Jew, keeping the law, doing all the good things you've done doesn't help. You need a savior. And God has sent a savior in Jesus. And God has accepted his death on the cross as payment for your sin. The sin debt, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And we talked about last time we were together in the forbearance, Paul said, God changes the rules to say, I'm going to accept the death of another as payment for your sin. He does that in the Old Testament when he established the sacrificial system, and he does it in Jesus when he says, I'm going to accept Jesus' death on the cross as payment for your sin. So all of a sudden, what we discover is that Pentecost, Peter preaches that message. And he says, but Jesus came and lived and died so that you can have life. And he was raised from the dead so that you can be forgiven. And then the people said, what do we do? We believe you. You're right. We are sinners separated from, what do we do? And you know what Peter says on the day of Pentecost? Repent. Turn from your sin to God. The word repent means to turn. And so turn to God. If you're a Christian today, that's what happened. You turned and you agreed with God. God, I confess. I agree. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. And I turn from my sin and I ask you to forgive me of my sin and come into my life. And Peter said, repent, turn to Christ. And then he said this, interesting, and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, why did he say that? Some people were like, oh, you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. It's a formula, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. No, I think, you know what I think Peter was saying? No, you're going to identify in front of all these people in Jerusalem with Jesus who hung on the cross. They know who Jesus is. You're going to identify with Jesus. You're going to declare you are a Jesus Christ follower. You have committed your life to him and believe that he is the Messiah. And there is no question you will publicly commit your life. Interesting that Jesus said, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you will deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. Jesus is saying, if you're going to be a follower, be a follower. If you're going to be his, be his. There's no secret followers of Christ. I think it is our public baptism that holds us accountable 
When people see that we are a Christ follower, sometimes the, the standards raised a little bit, right? Maybe that's the reason some are hesitant. I don't want you to know because I don't want you to, you know what? The standard is raised. So the second reason, why? It's a matter of obedience. You don't need another one, but just to give you another one, it's also a matter of public identification. But here's a third one that I'll give you. Baptism is a witness to the world. Why don't we put a baptistry here? Why do we make such a big deal of it? Because it's a, it's a, it's a witness. What did he say, Jesus, as he leaves? He said, you're to be my witnesses. You're to go into the world and proclaim the truth. Well, I, I don't have a seminary degree. I don't know how to do that. And Jesus said, let me just show you how to do it. I'm going to give you an opportunity. The first thing I ask you to do is going to be a testimony to everybody who sees it. You're giving your testimony. You, you often will see, we walk into the baptistry, you'll see some of our ministers from time to time, they'll say this, hey, baptism is a picture of salvation. It's a picture. What is, what is the gospel? What is salvation? It's the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, right? We walk into the water. Paul said, baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You remember I told you Jesus accepted his death in your behalf. So when I walk into the water, you know what I'm saying? I'm a sinner, I admit my sin, and I ask God to forgive me, and I have entered into his death. I accept his death on my behalf. And what happened? I, I died with Christ. In Christ, I died, my sin debt was paid, and I was buried with him, so we bury you in water. But you don't stay buried. You rise to walk in the newness of life and it's a testimony to everyone who sees that God has made a way where there is no way for your sin debt to be forgiven, no matter what you've done, for you to be made right with God. And you, as a brand new Christian who don't know anything about the Bible, can give a testimony to the world of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through your testimony, somebody else can come to know him as Savior and Lord, and you are walking in obedience to that command. It is a witness. Sometimes you'll hear some of our ministers say this. Uh, Elliot will sometimes say, hey, this is a wedding ring, and, and, and as I'm standing here in the baptismal waters, uh, baptism doesn't save you. It's a symbol of what has happened. It's a picture of the residue. Just as this ring doesn't make me married. I'm not married because I have a wedding ring. Um, this ring is a symbol of the covenant relationship I entered into. I, I would even go one step further and say this. You weren't there when I got married. You don't know anybody that was in my wedding. You weren't a part of that wedding. But when you see this ring, you know what it means. Even though you don't know any of those personal things about me. And when we see this happen, we know what it means. Even though I don't know you, even though I don't know much about you, I know what that means. When you share the testimony of what God has done. So that's why you should be baptized. Well, we've talked about baptism so many times before. And a baptism in the New Testament, listen, my friend, baptism in the New Testament is always by immersion. The word baptize means to dip or immerse. There's no question or debate about biblical baptism. That's what it is. And today we give you an opportunity to do that.
I think there are four kind of folks here. Only four. There are some of you that are in the room today who have never accepted Jesus as Savior and you have never been baptized. And today I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Savior. To say yes to him, to turn from your sin, to receive forgiveness. And then to follow in baptism. There are some of you that are here today and you have never accepted Jesus as Savior, but you have been baptized. You were baptized as a child, as a baby, but you've never come to the place where you recognize you're a sinner and turn from your sin. Baptism doesn't save you. Maybe you were baptized as a child. Everybody else was getting baptized and you thought it was a good idea, so you did too. But, but you never really made a decision. And today I want to invite you to make a decision to turn in repentance from your sin to receive Jesus as Savior and follow that in baptism. Third group of people that are here today are people who have accepted Jesus as Savior. I have accepted. I have turned from my sin to receive the gift of eternal life, but I've never been baptized. I've never taken that step of obedience. I don't care how long ago it was. It may have been yesterday. It may have been 50 years ago, but you've never taken this step. We're going to offer you an opportunity today to take that step of baptism. And then there's another kind of people and that's the ones who have accepted Jesus as Savior and they've been baptized. But they were baptized before they accepted Jesus as Savior. In other words, I was baptized as a baby. And later on, I came to understand what it means to accept Jesus as Savior. And I've accepted Jesus as my Savior and I've been baptized. No, no. Baptism happens after you accept Jesus. It's believer's baptism. If you're a baby, you're not, that's not believer's baptism. Believer's baptism happens after. So some of you are saying, I've accepted Jesus, and you're trying to hang on to a baptism that was not believer's baptism. Or you were baptized as a child, but it was later as an adult that you really came to understand what it means to be a follower of Christ, and you accepted Jesus. And you're saying, well, I've accepted Jesus, but I've already been baptized, I don't need to do that again. Listen, I, I, I'm trying to be blunt. If you were baptized before you accepted Jesus, you weren't baptized, you were just dumped. Baptism happens after. So my question is, do you fit in one of those four categories? The only other category is those of you that have accepted Jesus and you followed that decision in baptism and you're gonna be the ones that rejoice over those who, in the other four categories, make the decision you made, which was the best one of your life. So I'm gonna pray for us, and we're gonna give you an opportunity to respond, and this is what we're gonna do.
If you are in any of those four categories I mentioned, after I pray, I'm going to invite you to come right down to the front and go right through this doorway. You're going to walk through that doorway. You're going to walk into a room. In that room, you're going to sit down, and somebody's going to really make sure that you understand what it means to accept Christ, give you an opportunity, if you've never done that, to pray to receive Christ. And those of you that have already done that, to walk through that process with you, we've got all that you need. Changing of clothes, towels, everything you need is right back there so there's no excuse for you and you can walk right through that experience. So I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to stand together and we're going to begin to worship and praise God for what he's doing out here as you go and anytime during the worship experience, if you're sitting there and you've just been kind of, man, I need to do that, I need to do that and you're building up the courage, I want to tell you the door is not shut so you are not off the hook after everybody leaves because you still have an opportunity to go and every song that is sung, you can still walk through those doors. So you do that. I'm praying that God gives you courage. Father, thank you for the privilege of following you. Give us the courage right now to step out and let this be the beginning of a life of obedience towards you. Help us see ourselves in one of those categories and do what we need to do to fix that. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me right now as many of our workers go? You just join right now. If you're in one of those four categories, you've never accepted Christ, you've accepted Christ, hadn't followed baptism, now's your chance. You go right through those doors right there. We're waiting for you, okay? So you head that way right now. And if you need to make that decision, this is your chance, okay? This is your opportunity. No holding back. My question to you would be the same as in the beginning. Why? Why would you say no now? I mean, what is keeping you from doing what God is calling you to do right now? What's, what's keeping you from saying yes to him? Don't let Satan rob you of that moment right now. You step forward and allow God to do what he does in our hearts. Father, thanks for the time we've had together. I just pray once more that all over this room, you'll begin to stir in our hearts. No, don't let us leave today until we've settled this issue. This is the new beginning for many people in this room. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. From everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.